Yo, 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 it's your girl BG back in the building like I never left. Oh, y'all just take a minute to listen to my background. Silence, 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 silence. Oh man, for all y'all mamas out there, y'all understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Where you can just breathe in silence and breathe out silence. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm here and I'm on fire. I'm ready to push out um, some more content, some more encouraging words, some more enlightful words, some more, um, you know, accountable words on this podcast tonight. And let me just tell y'all this, y'all. So the podcast that I'm actually dropping tonight, I literally wrote this podcast probably about two or three months ago. And anybody who knows me knows that I'm a writer. So I have 10 billion notebooks in my house. So when God gives me something, I'll literally write it down in whatever notebook is near me. And I will download, if you will, what God is downloading to me. And then I thought that I had misplaced this this um, particular journal that this podcast was in. Y'all, I had been picking up this, this notebook like times and times again because I thought I lost this podcast. And I'm like, I know I wrote this down, Lord, and I cannot find it. And it was really bugging me, y'all, because I knew I had wrote it in one of my notebooks. So I'm looking through the notebook I have tonight and probably the other 10 billion notebooks that I have. And I'm like, Lord, I cannot find this podcast. Excuse me. So I'm putting together some literature for my classroom to send to one of my directors. And I'm like, hmm, let me just pull out a notebook real quick, just in case I need it jot down some marginal notes and I begin to flip through this notebook and one of the first pages that it fell open on was this podcast I'm like you gotta be kidding me Lord like (laughs) you gotta be kidding me and so God's timing is always the best time and so now I'm understanding that when I wrote it it wasn't time to speak on it But now it's time to speak on it. And so I'm here tonight, y'all, ready to give you this podcast that is titled The Jungle Book. And on this podcast, I'm kind of, you know, just being transparent and sharing some of my inward struggles of abandonment and rejection. And when I was um, homeless if you will, and me and my children lived at a homeless shelter. Um, There was a time when we were quarantined. We had traveled outside of the state parameters, if you will. We had went to the Missouri Zoo with my best friend and her children. And I didn't know that at that time, Missouri was like a hot spot for COVID. That's when COVID was like really jumping, y'all. This was probably, yeah, they were, they were shutting everything down. There was lemons. So we didn't know. So we had taken a daily pass that day. We spent the whole day there. 
And when I come back to the rescue mission, we got quarantined. Dun, dun, dun. So while we were in our quarantine room, like there were some benefits for, from being quarantined at that time. We got to watch TV, which you did not get to do in your regular room. Um, our food was being brought to us. Our laundry was being washed daily. Um, <clears throat> we had our own bathroom, so we wasn't sharing like the public bathroom. So this little um, time of quarantine at that time, if you will, we, me and my kids, we treated it like a luxury suite. We we kind of put in our mind that we was in a presidential suite. We have butlers. Come on now, y'all. It's all about perception. It's all about the way you look at it. It's all about the way you, per- you perceive it and you perceive it. And I remember one night that I was watching The Jungle Book because The Jungle Book is my favorite Disney movie. Disney movie. That and The Lion King. I love The Jungle Book. But as I began to get older, I understood that I was starting to um, identify, if you will, or relate to the man cub in a lot of ways. And so we know that the man cub was abandoned and and rejected, if you will, by his natural parents and that he was being raised by wolves and he was in the jungle right and so as you watch the movie you know that the jungle book is not really the uh go-to place it's not the popular place it's not the place that um you just like yeah go ahead and let me live in the jungle go ahead and send me to the jungle but when I was watching the movie this time y'all um I was getting some fresh revelation So for anybody that thinks that's corny, if anybody thinks that God cannot speak to you through the TV shows that you watch, if you think God cannot reveal things to you through the TV shows that you watch, you are sadly mistaken. It happens to me often. Um, Some of my biggest revelations, some of my greatest moments of correction, some of my, my times of deliverance has come really through me watching TV shows. Like, God will speak to you wherever you are. Period. Um, if you watch Marvel movies, <laughs> you can get a lot out of Marvel movies, okay? So, I'm getting off point, but I'm just saying, at this time, God had really began to drop some fresh revelations on me about the Jungle Book and being in the jungle. And so, as I've stated before, this is my personal story. I, too, um, was abandoned by my biological mother. I, too, was rejected, um, if you will, by my parental figures that were in my life. Um, That doesn't mean that they did it intentionally. It doesn't mean that they did it hurtfully. But there was, or, you know, with intent to hurt, but there was rejection there. Um, and abandonment and this these two um, things I have carried around my whole life and I'm just getting to a point in my life where I am um, accepting who I am God is freeing me on a lot of different levels um, and it's taken me uh, going through a number of things um, loss of friendships uh, constant transitions in my life some people battles, some people struggles, some people issues, 
and even my own thoughts and attitude about a lot of things. And so, um, the man cub, the man cub had a lot of value, even when he could not see his value, even when he didn't know who he was per se, the man cub had a lot of value. And for some reason, um, all of the animals in the jungle, if you will, they they feared the man cub because they thought that um, he would kill them because that's kind of the stigma with humans, right? So the man cub was valuable because there, there were a lot of animals that knew who he was before he knew who he was. So catch this when I say it. And so... In that way, I could identify with the man cub because I feel like in the jungle or in the jungles of my life and in places that I've been and, and people that I've been around and and, and levels of ministry and, and jobs and in the community, I felt like, not I felt like, I knew that there were always some who knew who I was before I did. They were knowledgeable of my gifts, my talents, my skills, my anointings, my strengths, my capabilities. And, and so when you're in the jungle um, and you and you have not realized your value, um, there are other there are people around you that will realize your value and your worth, even if they don't speak to it, if they don't cultivate it, whatever. But they still know that you're different. They still know that you have value, you have worth, you add to when you're in these places. And sometimes when when we're not aware of who we are per se in the jungle, this makes us a target, right? This makes us. Um, if you will, accessible for the attacks, accessible for the ostracizing, accessible for the misunderstanding. It makes you kind of accessible to be sized up like, okay, I don't know who she thinks she is, right? So these things can happen when we're in the jungle, right? And the jungle could be a number of things. The jungle for me was constantly dealing with um, the feelings and, and the spirit of abandonment and rejection. Um, the jungle for me was also when me and my children were homeless for 10 months. Um, there were other jungles in my life that happened. Some of my jungles was when I lost two children. Um, so, um, you have to be able to know your jungle. I'm just sharing mine, right? And so it'll make you a target um, for those around you um, that can pick up on who you are. Because when you're in the jungle, you're surviving. When you're in the jungle, you're literally trying to figure out where am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? How is this going to work? Like you're in a survival mode. And let me just put a pin in it right here. Um, Trauma can be a a jungle if we want to be honest, because when you're in a state of trauma, you are constantly surviving. Um, Trauma is a survival mindset. Like, no, you're not going to hurt me. Uh, I'm going to get what I need, uh, whether I learn how to do that uh, in a healthy way or unhealthy way. But I'm still going to get what I want. I'm still going to get what I need. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't try it over here. Right. So trauma is a jungle all by itself. And so although 
they knew who the man cub was. The man cub was trying to find himself. He was trying to find his truth. Um, I identify with the man cub because that, like I said before, at the age of seven, I was abandoned by my biological mother. Um, she took all my other brothers and sisters and moved to Minnesota. I was rejected by other parental figures in my life and other adults. And so my jungle started at a young age. But what I was able to um, see and grasp, if you will, when I started writing this is that the man cub was on a self-discovery in the jungle, right? He was like trying to find out who he was, trying to find out where he came from. He was trying to figure out his tribe, if per se, like, where do I really belong? Um, He was trying to find out all of these things in the jungle. And if we can look back on our jungles, or even if you're in a jungle right now, I bet probably I can cash a check on it and and bank it that you have been in this place of self-discovery. You may be starting to really discover and understand um, some of your triggers. You may be uh, realizing and starting to understand um, your purpose, your godly purpose in life. You may be in a self-discovery place where you're starting to discover um, that what people said about you is not indeed who you are. Whatever the self-discovery is in the jungle, like the man cub, we're on a journey of self-discovery because self-discovery never stops, okay? Um, You learning yourself and learning others and You learning your responses and your thought process. You figuring out what you like, what you don't like. A lot of these things are self-discovery. And it never stops, okay? So, like the man cub, I was trying to find myself. I was trying to find my belonging. I was trying to find my identity. Okay? And, sorry, y'all probably heard me flipping pages. And I spent years looking for someone to love me accept me, cherish me, build me up. And and what I was getting in return was uh, an unhealthy um, codependence on people um, and a fear. I was, I was very vulnerable and scared. And I carried these feelings and these insecurities all the way into my adulthood. Yeah, I did. In the jungle, right? It was in the jungle when I was able to discover that codependency behavior, the fear. Um, Yeah, it was in the jungle when I began to discover these things. So you're not only going to discover like the good stuff in the jungle, you're going to discover the not so good things either because it all, when we obey the Father, when we come into alignment with His will, when we accept His will, All of these things that you discover in the jungle should produce growth and fruit, right? So, amen. So, now this brings me to my next point. Because when you get in the jungle, it's it's unfamiliar territory. When you get in the jungle, it it can bring up these fears because you don't really know what's out there, right? You don't know what's out there. You don't know what's coming for you. You don't know what's gunning for you. And so the jungle is also, if we be honest, a place of uncertainty. 
right? The jungle is also a place where you are extremely uncomfortable. So, hey, if you're feeling uncertainty, if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling resistance, these are all signs that you may be in the jungle, in your personal jungle, whatever that is. And so, um, let me encourage you, um, that you have help in the jungle and we'll, and we'll get into that into some of these next podcasts. I may not be able to hit it tonight, but you have help in the jungle. Thank you, Lord. And so, um, the jungle is a temporary place. Um, the jungle is, is you're not always going to be in survival mode. You're not always going to, um, be in this place where you feel like you're just swiftly transitioning from one thing to another, one person to another, one relationship to another, one church to another, one job to another. You're you're not always going to be in a place of a swift transition. The jungle is temporary. Okay. Amen. So I'm going to bring up a character that was in the jungle, man. And even when I was a kid, (laughs) and even when I watch it now this character gets on my nerves like everything in me just kind of gets stank when he comes on the scene and it's the snake right so in the jungle there are snakes 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 anacondas pythons boa constrictors gardener snake whatever there are snakes right and I don't want to you know, jump all up into the prophetic or dig deep up into the prophetic. But anybody that is in the prophetic, you've been around prophets, uh, prophetic people, you know that the snakes uh, symbolize many different things. Okay. But we know that the snake uh, ultimately wanted to kill the man cub, right? He wanted to snuff him out. He wanted to hypnotize him. He wanted to use him for his own personal gain, right? This is what the snake was doing. And like I said, like every time the snake would slither on the scene, he would get on my nerves because I'm like, he's a snake, right? (laughs) Like here he come with this old slick, stupid stuff again because he's a snake. So... Be mindful and be aware um, when you're in the jungle um, and be watchful and be careful of the snakes because the snakes will come to you in the jungle when you're lonely. They will come to you when you're vulnerable. They will come to you when you're frustrated and they will come to you when you're naive. They will come to you when um, you're not fully equipped. You you got to be aware of the snakes that are coming in the jungle, right? Because the, the snake try to personify himself really as a homie to the man cub, right? But when it was all said and done, the snake really wanted to kill the man cub, right? And, and so if we're honest, the enemy wants you to trust his lies. Y'all remember that song that the snake sung in the jungle book? Trust in me. You remember how he sung it all long and <laughs> drawn out, but then he said, just in me, right? So the, 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 the snake, he, he wanted the man cub to trust in his lies. And, and, and this is how we know 
God is really the defender of our hearts, our minds, our souls when we allow him to be. Father is always there. There's always in this uh, um, room for escape. As the word says, he'll always create a way of escape when we obey him, when we trust him. Okay, so in the jungle, every time that snake would get that little boy hypnotized and wrapped up right when he was about to open his mouth in one of the scenes, um, something happened and he got distracted. I can't remember per se. Go back and watch the Jungle Book after you, you know, listen to this podcast. Um, but then a little boy kind of snapped out of the the hypnosis that he was under, and he began to push certain parts of the snake's body off the tree until the snake kind of wrapped around and then boom, remember he hit his head and he. Oh, remember he used to do that? <laughs> Every time his body got a little crunched up and then it sounds like the accordion when he's walking away and he's like, oh, man, come, I'm going to get you next time, right? And so when we allow God to create the ways of escape, the word of God tells us that the, that the enemy goes away, but only for a season, right? He coming back. And so that's what the snake was like. I ain't bite your head off this time, but man, cub, I'm going to get you. So, when we're in those moments, we have to be mindful. And and when I was a younger woman, and even in some of my past times, I was taken advantage of because I was naive. I was I was taken advantage of in 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 certain parts of my life because I just wanted to feel loved. Um. I was, I was vulnerable and I was desperate even. And so it was real easy for the enemy to kind of slither up on me, walk up on me, run up on me because I wasn't always mindful in the jungle that, that the snakes are going to come to you when you're weakened. Um, they're going to, like I said, when you vulnerable, how many times have you been vulnerable and you look back and you like, Lord, that's how I got into that situation because of vulnerability. I literally got into that situation because I didn't know that it was wrong when I started doing it. Lord, I succumb and I compromise in a lot of relationships because I was lonely. Okay. Loneliness is a beast. Okay. Even when you entertain and lean into those lone, oh, those lonely thoughts, uh, man, it's a beast because Listen, y'all, when we even entertain thoughts like nobody understands, that can produce a feeling of loneliness. When you're going through things and and, and, it, and it just feels like you're not getting that support that you desire or things are just, it's, it's like, Lord, why is nobody helping me? Why is nobody praying for me? Why is nobody encouraging me? Be careful with that. Because when you begin to entertain that for too long, it will produce loneliness. And remember, the snakes is coming and they slithering and they sliding up on you when you're lonely, when you're vulnerable, when you're frustrated, or when you're naive. Ill-equipped, all of those things, right? So, be mindful of the enemy in your enemies when you're in the jungle because listen when you vulnerable and that homegirl is talking that stupid stuff it sound real good when you vulnerable you see what I'm saying like (laughs) 
thank you, Lord. Sometimes it ain't even your enemy. Sometimes it could be your family members. It could be your homies. It could be your coworkers. It could be people that you go to church with. But you you gotta be able to um, be careful and discern the enemy because sometimes that stuff sounds real good when it comes from a homegirl. When you vulnerable, when you want girl, I wouldn't talk to her no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'd put him on blast if I was you. All of that sounds good when you're in a place of vulnerability. So you got to be careful. It's looking like I might have to do a couple of, you know, part twos, threes on this. Because I'm, I'm already at, almost at my time. Okay? Um, The reason that I can say that I was taken advantage of in a lot of these situations is because I was very naive. And I was longing for connection. I was longing for intimacy. And I longed to feel loved, be loved, right? Um, I was looking for a belonging, a, a, a fellowship, and a place, and a placing, if that makes sense. Okay? So, as I stated before, the jungle is not final destination. The jungle is a place of transition and training. All right? And I'm going to say this story, and then I'm going to end it, and then I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to continue it. Okay? So, bear with me. (laughs) When When I got evicted from my home where me and my children were staying, um, the landlord had given us he had told us he wanted us out the house. Well, thank God for people who are equipped, skilled, whatever. Let me get to the point. I end up at the rescue mission, y'all. And I'm there. Um, Very scary at first. Very unfamiliar. Very uncomfortable. Didn't know who I could trust. Didn't know right from left, left from right, up from down. I was in a city where I had lots of friends and family members and I still ended up at a homeless shelter so I really had felt really forsaken at that time y'all really rejected at that time did not understand what was going on at all and it was producing a lot of negative emotions in me it was producing a bitterness in me at that time because I'm like I cannot believe out of all the people that I know out of all the people that I've helped out of all the people that I've served I end up at a homeless shelter with my three kids it was rough okay and so I remember when we first got there Okay, there's rules, there's regulations. If it's no different than when you live in your own home, there are rules you have to abide by. And so, because I was so comfortable with kind of doing my life as I did it in a home, yeah, I don't always make my bed. Even today, I'm gonna be transparent. I don't always make my bed, y'all. I just don't. Um, but I wouldn't always make my bed, and I wouldn't always tidy up, right? And um, in this rescue shelter, if things are not up to par when they come in the rooms, you get wrote up, period. It's a rule. It's a regulation. It is a must. You must do it, period. And so I was like, I am a grown woman. I'm not about to be picking up every morning because I don't feel like it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like the transition was real, y'all. And even the adjusting was real. But I remember for two weeks straight, y'all, I got rolled up for the same things. Not taking my trash out, not making me in the kids' beds when they came in there. Like, we'd have shoes scattered all over the floor. I'm just keeping it real because I was working when I first came there. So, it was literally like, get up, get dressed, get your stuff on, let's go. Any reason that I could use to not be there, I did. And so, (laughs) I remember um, coming back to the homeless shelter after I had, you know, got my kids and got off work and I had got rolled up again. Now, at this time, y'all, because of where I was, I was kind of snippy to the staff. I would mouth off to a couple of them. I kind of let a few of them know on my own about roundabout ways. Uh, You don't run me, and I'm going to do what I want to do, right? So when I tell you the jungle is designed for transition and training, and let me just add this in there, and deliverance and healing, that's what the the jungle is designed for. So I remember I got real mad because I knew who had wrote me up. It was the same person. Now, again, be mindful of the snakes. So I'm like, you know what? I ain't about to play. I'm about to go down here and wreck shop. Y'all, I had it set in my mind to fire off. Like Lil Boosie said, set it off. Yeah, I was going to set it off because I'm like, I'm tired of this lady doing this to me. I'm tired of her thinking that she just going to check me. Like, no, we're not doing that. So I go, I leave my room because I was on the second floor, get on the elevator, go down the elevator get off the elevator and I'm approaching this window right and the woman was like what are you down here for y'all my spiritual mama works at TRM so in my mind I'm about to go talk to my mama because y'all got me messed up in here y'all don't know you you don't know me but honey I'm gonna go talk to my mama that's what I thought I was gonna do Mm-hmm. so she I kind of said something smart to her. Don't really remember the the verbiage right now. But then she said, you're just a little rebel. And I said, I'm not a rebel. She said, yeah, you are. You walk around here like you don't have to abide by any rules. And like you don't have to do what we tell you to do. You're just a little rebel. Y'all, that hood gangster gangster hood. It was rising, and I said, no, she didn't. And when I went to open my mouth, I heard the Lord say, they're not correcting you, I am. And I closed my mouth, and she looked at me. And so now I'm having an inward conversation with my father, and I said, what? He said, they're not correcting you, I am. And I'm like, but but I'm grown like why Lord and and I heard it just as clear as I'm talking to y'all and he said because I'm trying I'm training you to hear my voice and obey me and I was like what okay so (laughs) everything heightens in the jungle too that's good and bad okay we're gonna keep it like that in this moment, it was a good heightening. And so I looked at the woman. I'm still 
gonna set, set it off. Like, yeah, I heard you, God, but mm-hmm, yeah, okay, you gonna train me to hear you. Yep, okay, fine, but let me, let me check her real quick. And I went to open my mouth again, and the Lord said, go back to your room. Whew. Y'all, I went back to my room, and I was so upset that I really feel like I could have blasted that place away with my fist. Like, I was so mad, y'all. But when I went back to my room, all I could do was fall on my knees and start crying and start praying. Okay? It, it, it was all I could do. It was all I had. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anybody that was a normal support to me, anybody familiar. It was me and God. So I begin to fall on my knees and cry out. I'm like, Lord, please help me while I'm in this place. I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know why you brought me here. I don't even know how long you're going to have me here. But Lord, please help me when I'm in this place. So the abandonment and the rejection was kind of flowing all the more because now because I'm in this place, I feel rejected by everybody I know. Um, and now I'm feeling these things and there's, there's nobody here to comfort, console, counsel, pray, whatever. So now I'm feeling abandoned. So these two feelings came up a lot when I was homeless at this homeless shelter. And so God, um, was really doing a number on me in that place, y'all. And I tell you right now to this day, I thank God that I ended up at that mission. I thank God that I was there for 10 months and I thank God for everything that he did in that place because it was literally a place of training and cultivation and transition for me. Okay. You don't belong in the jungle, but the jungle has purpose. Okay. And your jungle is a place of growth. You should be learning how to thrive and survive while you're in the jungle. You, there's a number of things that you should be learning while you're in the jungle. Okay. And so the jungle at that time, it was real, y'all. It was real. It was real good. It was real bad. It was real. It was real, uh, um, it was a real reality check. Um, it was real. Like every emotion that I experienced on a daily basis was real. Every bit of pressure that I experienced on a daily basis was real. Every attack that me and my children went through, while we, it was it was real, real, y'all. Because again, in the jungle, everything is heightened, good and bad. Let me say that again. And so... I literally had to learn how to pick battles, deal with myself. Like sometimes I go off on people and the Lord will be revealing to me, you still got that prideful spirit. You still got that angry spirit. You still being a little arrogant daughter. Like every, like I'm telling y'all, this all happened in my jungle and the homeless center. So I'm going to stop it right there because I have so much content. God is so good. He knows what he's doing. Um, but this is the first part of the jungle book. So y'all remember that song? Um, don't push me cause I'm close to the 
edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Hey, it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Okay, so we're going to talk about how the Lord kept me from going under. And even in some other jungles in my life, he kept me from going under. And if you be honest and look at your life, he has kept you from going under. Hallelujah. Even when you didn't always do it right, even when you didn't always talk right to folks and say it right and think he kept you from going under. Okay, so I'm going to end my podcast right there. I'm putting a pen on where I stopped so that I can continue this conversation. So I'm just so grateful and just so thankful that you guys um, tuned into the Jungle Book tonight. I'm like, y'all, y'all don't even understand the excitement. It's so real (laughs) that I finally found this content and I got to put it out. God is so good. God is always timely. He really is, y'all. So um, I want to take a moment to shout out um, a family member tonight. She is my big cousin. She has been a big sister because in our family, all of us first cousins, we spent so much time together. We were so tight. Mamas and daddies was getting together all the time, every time for so much stuff. We did not grow up like cousins. We grew up like siblings. So she is definitely um, a big cousin and a big sister to me. But her name is Latasha Green Clanton, and she makes wigs for cancer patients. She makes wigs to empower women um, to walk into their beauty and their self-worth. She is a blog writer. She is a softball coach. She has a passion for fashion. She is a wife. She is a mother. Um, She is an entrepreneur. She is an author. She is a woman that, um, I'm going to say this, I think for the most part, when people look at her exterior, um, they don't see her interior. Um, Latasha is very wise. She's very loving. She is stern. um, And I could appreciate that. Um, She is honest and she is real. And I could appreciate that. Um, But God has graced her and blessed her. And he has taken her through so many things in her life that it births her. It has birthed her and it is continuing to birth her into her purpose, her godly purpose. Um, And I tell her all the time, you really need to get young women like myself and young women and young mothers who are younger than me. And you need to like sit down, sister girl, and start passing out these pearls of wisdom. You need to start giving your testimonies about how God lets you break into your own businesses. Oh, and she's a cosmetologist too. She does hair. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, You need to kind of sit down and start um, pouring into these young women because you have a lot to say. Um, You have a lot to offer. You have a lot to give. Um, There are a lot of women out here, young women, my age and younger. We're looking for a big sister. We're looking for these women that don't mind dispatching what God has given them for his glory. Right. Because a confident leader is one that can give you all the tools and tips. 
but it'll never take away from their leadership. It'll never take away from what God has done for them. And so I want to shout out my big cousin slash big sister, Latasha Green Clanton. Um, her name is LNC Couture on Instagram. Um, you can find some of her work there, her wigs, what she's done for her customers. Her name on Facebook is Latasha Green Clanton. Um, you can look her up. So if you're needing a wig, if you're needing some type of counsel on uh, your hair of any sort, makeup, nails, like hit her up, y'all. She does all of that and then some. I just named a few things, but yeah, y'all catch my drift. So shout out to LNC Couture, girl. Keep doing your thing. Uh, God is with you. He has graced you. He has blessed you. He has anointed you. And you are a virtuous woman. So I just wanted to end my podcast like that. And then I wanted to end with my song. Y'all know how I do. Mm -hmm. My song goes, the more we get together, together, together. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. Stay tuned for part two is coming up soon. This is BG on BG Spills and I'm out.